Welcome to another episode of Depression, Bipolar, and Anxiety, Living as a Latter-day Saint. Today's episode is 151, Repeating History. I'm your host, Damon Soka. Well, another couple weeks has come and gone, and the passage of time has really caused me to pause and think about memory. Two weeks ago, my wife attended a county fair. I believe that most listeners understand what these are, but I will briefly explain them. They are a harvest celebration from earlier times and seasons in the United States, although I believe that they were celebrated throughout the world. People gathered to celebrate the harvest and enjoy the fruits of their labors with one another. Yes, there is certainly more to it, especially in the United States, historically, but this basic understanding is sufficient for my story. My wife attended these county fairs throughout the majority of her teenage years. Now, teenage years is where we, as individuals, and where the mind is exceptionally impressionable. She very much enjoyed these experiences, and has carried fond memories of them all of her adult life. The Western fairs in the United States, no, just to note, we live on the East Coast now, often contained many farming animals, such as cows, goats, pigs, horses, bunnies, and so forth. They also had greasy foods and food vendors, meaning that the food was good, but maybe not so healthy. In addition, these county fairs often had entertainment by known and semi-known artists and a variety of vendors selling their homemade and homespun goods. She carries with her memories of the sights, the emotions, the smells, and experiences that brought her great joy throughout her teenage years. County fairs were an important part of her formative life as her family traveled to many of them. Now, her father sold portable bandsaw mills, and that is a story for another time. Needless to say, though, she enjoys reliving these experiences with her children. Again, about two weeks ago, my wife attended a fair in Georgia. Now, I need to tell you a secret about human beings, and it's really probably not that much of a big secret. We have selective memory, and we tend to capture our emotion within those memories. Not only are our memories full of emotion, those emotions and the limited information we select to store with them causes our memories to be very faulty at times and maybe all of the time. Beyond simply faulty and missing elements, our brains will also highlight portions of our memories, giving them a life they actually never really had, meaning we exaggerate both the good and the bad in our memories. The intensity of the memory also causes significant deviations from what actually occurred or the reality of the moment. Our memory is a very interesting thing. If you ever have a chance to look up some of the fun things about memory, you should look into witness statements in court and how notoriously unreliable they are. Memory is very important to us as it grounds us in our culture, in our traditions, and really our life. It provides for our identity as human beings. Our memories are really a part of us, a large part of us. They are so much a part of our identity that we use them to make sense of and provide some context for our present. We live the present in the context of the past. Memory and experience are incredibly important, and they are strongly linked to our past. If I remove all your memory, you would be a very lost, confused, and bewildered person until you could create sufficient memory to be able to use it. I think each of us has watched a movie about amnesia and the chaos that comes with it. Now, the process by which we interpret and identify with the present using the past is really how we work as mortals and, interestingly enough, as spiritual beings. One of the reasons I believe that we struggle so much here on earth is that our spirit fully understands that we had a life as a spirit in heaven 
before this life, and the spirit can't access those events. Now, the Lord fully understood this amnesia effect and the problems associated with it, and provided what we call the light of Christ and the Holy Ghost to aid us in remembering our past life, but not in the way we do as mortals. Spiritually, we are accessing the events as feelings. When we feel guilt, it is simply because we are acting against what we already know to be wrong from our previous life. The Holy Ghost provides the same type of feelings as evidence, but also included with the Holy Ghost is the ability to access new information and new history, and also the Savior's experiences. This allows us to progress beyond our current capacity and our learned experiences from before this earth. Now, having explained all of that, let's return to my wife's experience two weeks ago. She attended a county fair in Georgia. Not knowing what to expect, as she really hasn't been to one here yet, she sent these words to me via text after the event. Georgia does not know how to do a state fair. That was so ridiculous. I miss home. Now, by the way, because you can't see it on the podcast, the word not was in all capital letters, emphasizing the emotion she felt. This was not the first time she had said something like this to me. She has been disappointed to some degree all of our married life with the many county and state fairs we have attended. What I want to key into is her disappointment because it provides a huge insight into memory and mental illness. You see, we all do this to some degree. We compare the present to our fallible or exaggerated memories of the past. We then allow our past to determine our present experience our present happiness, and to alter our emotions. What could have been a wonderful memory on its own was cut to ribbons by a past experience, to which the present will never live up to. She was not disappointed by the fair she attended. If she never had been to a fair and had never experienced it, there never would have been any disappointment, or at least not to the extent that she did. And I will tell you straight out that your childhood memories will always be better than the present. One, because we experienced it, and we were more innocent and more readily enjoyed the present memory. And so if we allowed it, our adult life will simply be a disappointment if we cannot remove the past from the present. And that is no easy task. Our brain is built to connect the two moments. But the connection really isn't the problem. The problem is is that the brain does a comparison of the emotions and the experience. That comparison creates the issue. Our past will always be in some ways better because our brain does something strange, because it captures emotion with our memories. We do not just compare events, people and places, or even the experiences from a rational perspective. We compare it from an emotional experience. When we create our memories, we strip out complexity over time and forget some of the surrounding emotions that maybe weren't so good. We also take periods of time and mix them like paint, someone homogenizing them you can imagine the problems this creates for us. Now to the mental illness side. Mental illness only accentuates this process. Comparison is something we do regularly, and the past is always present with us who suffer, except the past we dredge up is never really what truly occurred or what was. The past will always be more glorious, wonderful, and pleasant than the present. One of the reasons is that when we lose the complexity of the emotions, memories can become almost fantasies. 
Interestingly enough, if you show older people home movies of events they believe they remember well, you will find them saying, I don't remember that. We remove things from our memories over time that we don't like or that cause us issues. So our past will almost always be rosier than the present, and that causes the present to be darker than it needs to be, or even dark when it shouldn't be. When we feel that life was so much better in the past, we build this past emotional memory into something it never was when it occurred. And when we use this fantasy to set the standards for where we want to be with our illness and our lives, the truth is, even without our illness, we were never going to get to fantasy land. But this rosy picture causes serious problems because we use it to compare to who we are in our current lives. We compare our present misery and our illness to something that contains elements of truth, but in reality is quite a false narrative. This increases our pain and suffering as we attempt to return to the glory days. When we come to the understanding that we will never get there, we can begin to build a new present happiness that will be greater than we have ever experienced. We can create a new present and determine happiness in new and even exciting ways. When we release ourselves from the past, the past fantasies, we gain so much in the present. Now that is no easy task. In fact, because of how we are wired, you are going to find it very difficult at times. The saying is that you eat an elephant a bite at a time, and that is the epitome of what must take place in our lives to correct this fantasy problem. Piece by piece, you must discard the past and accept the present for what it is, and improve upon it. Mental illness is a disease that, at least for me, often causes this living in the past, or worse, waiting to live in the future type of mentality. Anything but the present. I get it. Pain, suffering, darkness, doubt, confusion, lack of energy, lack of desire does not sound like a present I desire to see. And yet there is always something in our present we can focus on to get us through and even provide for a measure of happiness. But we must discard the fantasy past and the fantasy future created by the fantasy past and live in the present. Now, our mind does not like to do this. Our mind wants a connection. It wants the fantasy. It wants life to be the fairy tale. But life is so much more than those rosy fairy tales. And when we focus on the present, we begin to see some manageable happiness return to our lives. So how do we do this? A piece at a time, a memory at a time, a moment at a time. The first thing we must do is recognize when we are focused on past memories and we must realize how we are comparing those past to the present. I hate to say it, but sometimes we simply have to avoid thinking about the past in all parts of our lives until we regain some control of our present. For me, the process has been slow, but as I have pleaded with the Savior for some help, I have actually found that to be much easier. When I go to do anything, I try to experience it without thinking about how I have experienced it in the past. Now, the easiest thing for me to relate to is fishing, because I have many wonderful and perhaps too wonderful memories of fishing with my father, brothers, and friends. Now, it is easy to remember those times when the fishing was good and we just couldn't keep the fish off the line. In my family, we were often referred to one particular fishing expedition where we caught a, somewhere around 125 fish in about five hours. There were four of us at the time, and I was with my daughter. And it just so happened the water, the fish, the conditions were right. 
and we were in the right place at the right time. I even had a fish pull my fishing pole out of the boat and into the water while I was helping my daughter release a fish. We speak of this day often, but it can truly taint what we might call a regular fishing day. I was able to go fishing recently this year in the northwest again with my father and my son, and we caught many fish over the 25, I think somewhere around 25 in a few hours. Had a wonderful time. But this story almost, the previous story almost ruins this regular day. I say almost because this time I tried not to compare, but simply enjoy this experience. When I did this, I will tell you the experience was different. Without the comparison, I was able to enjoy and find greater happiness in the experience. That was just one event, one experience, another recorded set of emotions, but what was not recorded was any disappointment. I think you can begin to understand what I'm saying. When you remove the comparison, life is a much simpler, richer experience, and you will find greater happiness and contentment, even when you are suffering. I realize finding joy in depression or peace in anxiety may not happen, but we can certainly reduce the misery brought on by comparing our present circumstances to a fantasy past that probably did not occur as we remember it, and it certainly was not the homogenous, happy-go-lucky experience we remember. Removing our past from our present will allow our illness some healing that we truly deserve. I know that when we are suffering, we want to be anywhere but the present. Now, it's important to note that we do the same with the future. Most of us want to be happy in the future. We want to be healed from our illness, and we set expectations for what happiness should be in our future. In other words, we dream of the future where we don't have our illness or the symptoms are greatly reduced. But because the past is often such a fantasy, and we use that false narrative to set expectations for our future, we are almost always disappointed in the future. Even when we make great strides with our illness and begin to feel some healing, we can still be miserable because of the false expectations we have built into our minds. We set a level of happiness expectations that is so far above reality that in truth, we're never going to get there. One of the things we do to sabotage our healing journey is to set unrealistic expectations of future happiness rather than simply enjoying the happiness we possess. I am not saying that we need to be happy when our episode is raw and real, but what I am saying is that we need to enjoy those moments more when our illness may still be active but has abated. We need to be grateful for the happiness we have today and allow ourselves to be happy. Sometimes we can get into a pattern that we will never be happy until our illness is gone. That isn't true and it isn't realistic. Happiness is not on or off or a certain expectation. Happiness exists in us all the time in various levels and forms. And when we recognize this, we will be much happier. Rather than reach for the fantasies that we have created, we can enjoy what we have been given. Again, no easy task given our brains. But what I can tell you is that you have a Savior who can help and provide insight and understanding into the process. May the Lord bless you to find this and keep you safely in his arms this week. And may you put your past behind you that you might find joy in the present. Until next week, do your part so that the Lord may do his.